Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Going Yard Podcast. We have a special one this week, obviously, with state baseball finally here. We're past regionals, we're past all that, you know, first kind of step. And through it all, Pueblo has two remaining teams in Rye in 2A and 4A in Pueblo West. Really, both teams entered kind of as a favorite, so we're going to kind of break down some of the matchups ahead of them first-round matchup specifically, and just kind of what they can do from here to, you know, for in Rye's case, come home come home with the state title Saturday, and Pueblo West case, make it to next weekend and come away with a win there. We'll start with the quote-unquote little guys in Rye, which... Really, I mean, I, I think Rye's been so well that they could have been tough competitors in 4A. I mean, they their one loss of the year was Eagle Valley. I've gone over it on the show, and Eagle Valley was a top 16 team in 4A. So that right there shows just how good Rye is. But besides the point, Rye's semifinals matchup is going against Fowler. And in Fowler, they're playing a team that is in their district who they've already technically seen twice. Uh, in a doubleheader, Rye took both games 13-3 to and 18-2. to Fowler's, o- Fowler's overall record is 14-9. They're 6-2 in the district. And they made the regionals, quote, it's called regionals, but it's pretty much state, as a 15 seed out of 16 teams. So they pulled off some great upsets last weekend to get to this point, and huge kudos to them. And really just looking at... The way the district kind of set up with those double headers, the first game is the only one that counts towards the district record. So really those first games are what you want to mostly look at. And Rye won that one against Fowler 13-3. to And you go a little deeper into it, it was not a 10-run mercy rule game. Going into the seventh inning, it was 3-1 to in favor of Rye. They put up 10 runs on Fowler in the seventh. And really a big part of that was... Uh, Fowler's stud pitcher coming out. Jonathan Mobley has been insane for Fowler. He's got a 1.88 ERA in 70 and two-thirds innings pitched. I think that's the most for a pitcher I've seen this season, regardless of classification. And followed up, he's got a 77 to 32 strike-to-walkout ratio for Mobley. And really, in that game, he pitched pretty well. Rye got five runs off of him, but only two were earned, and... And then the rest of them were just from who Fowler brought in as well in that seventh inning. Looking at Fowler, you know, Mobley is great, and I'm just assuming that's who they'll throw against Rye to in that semifinal matchup. But really for Fowler, I mean, it's, eh, it's kind of it for pitching-wise if it's not Mobley. I mean, 
with such a good hitting team in Rye, who, by the way, still leads 2A in runs scored, with nearly 300 runs scored. I mean, without anyone else besides Mobley, it's it'll be tough for Fowler. I mean, Mobley can obviously give you... He can go the distance. I mean, he went six and a third against Rye. It's just, if Rye gets to him, I mean, it's... The way the Rye's lineup goes, it's just, there's no stopping it. I mean, they, one through nine are all great hitters. That's why they're able to score so many runs. You know, obviously it's highlighted by guys like Damon Ellerton and Bryce Benz, who both have just insane stat lines. But one through nine can hit the ball. The tough part for Rye is that, you know, being consistent with hitting the ball. I mean, Rye was almost bounced from the first round of this tournament against Lyman. They were down 3-0, like, almost right away, and the bats were just not awake. They were able to tie it in the bottom of seventh and eventually won it in nine innings to make it to the second round where they probably showed a little bit more of who they actually are in 10-run mercy ruled Callahan. But for Rye, the biggest part with Fowler, I think, is going to be getting to Mobley soon. I mean, take long at-bats, you know, throw off some foul balls, you know, take some pitches, get to a full count, make Mobley's pitch count get up there. I mean, tire out his arm and try to get him possibly to that 110 pitch limit and get him out of the game. Or really just score early and often, too. I mean, that'll knock a pitcher out quick, too, if you're able to score on him. But obviously in a guy like Mobley, that's a little tougher. So taking those longer at-bats against Mobley, I think, will be a huge key for Rye in this game to kind of try to avoid that upset. Offensively, Fowler isn't the best. Uh, They got... They got Hunter Mason. He's the big hitter. He's got a 412 average, 14 RBIs, but also 27 runs. And really kind of it seems like where Fowler tries to hurt you the most is once they get on the base pass. They have 88 stolen bases, 88 stolen bases, which is top 10 in two-way. And really, Ryde, Ryde doesn't really kind of have that kind of speed on the bases. And you know, talking with uh, my fellow reporter Jeff Latowski, who was at the regionals last week, you know, Rye kind of made a change at catcher, and you know, it was a little bit of a struggle trying to catch Ellerton. And, you know, if they if the behind the plate isn't too strong, I mean, Fowler's going to be able to steal some bases all day and apply that pressure that we've talked about on here before. And we're talking about high school kids, and applying that pressure is a big deal and can cause some havoc. It's going to be important to try and keep the bases as clean as they can for Rye, I believe. And, you know, if you score enough, I mean, that's really not even a problem. <laughs> so, But also kind of looking at it, Rye, I think offensively, should have a good time, even if it's Mobley. Just kind of, Valor, looking at their defensive numbers, they're not too strong defensively either. So really, putting the ball in play is going to be big as well. I mean, you don't, if you're Rye, you just don't want to go down at the play striking out. I mean, take long at-bats and, you know, just find a way to put that ball in play because, you know, with a shaky defense in Fowler, you never know what could happen. Really, I do like Rye to win this game just looking at it. I know that was 13-3. That game against Fowler is a little off. It wasn't that big of a blowout. But getting a second look at Mobley with such a great offensive team in Rye and also Ellerton and Bryce Benz pitched in that game against Fowler. I think I believe I saw Ellerton pitched a majority of it. So I would believe that leads to Bryce Benz being the starter for this one. Never know. But really, I 
if Rad can just hold Fowler again to that one run that they did through the first six innings of that game, I think they'll be in great shape, and this offense can really put something out. Boy, howdy, are we not done with Rye. <laughs> We're going to do this kind of with Pueblo West as well. But Rye, looking at if they are able to get the win against Fowler, they're going to go up against either number one seed Peyton or number 12 seed Wiggins, who has been the top half portion of Fowler. They've pulled off two upsets to get to this spot, being that 12 seed. But going to kind of look at each potential matchup. Uh, you know, looking at I would assume that Peyton will get the win. That would be my guess, that Peyton will down Wiggins. So we'll start with Wiggins first if they're able to pull the upset and play Rye. Wiggins' numbers as a team, they scored 154 runs, which ranks 19th in 2A. As a team, they're better pitching, 2.87 ERA, which ranks 9th in 2A. And really looking at Wiggins, I mean, you know, you never want to say a team is led by one guy. But boy, howdy, does Bryce Ford do a lot for Wiggins. This kid is an absolute beast. He's got a 551 batting average, 36 RBIs, 6 home runs, and to go along with that, 15, 15 extra base hits. And yes, he does pitch as well. On the mound, he's got a 1.73 ERA and has 135 strikeouts compared to 30 walks. I mean, I've just never seen this kid in my life, but I'm assuming he's just an absolute stud. And... Probably a flamethrower at the plate, or on the mound, I'm guessing, with 135 strikeouts. This kid is just going to be a beast. And, you know, my assumption would be that he pitches against Peyton. I don't know if he would get, I don't know if Rye would see him in that championship game. But at the plate, obviously, still a huge threat. I mean, but really, I kind of talked about this last week with one of the regionals. You know, just... You can get around that. You can walk him. You know? <laughs> Don't let the one great hitter on a team kill you. I mean, he's got six home runs. I mean, if you walk him, he's not hitting a home run. He's potentially not scoring. I mean, that puts the pressure on the rest of the team to somehow figure out Rye's pitching, which Rye is number one in team IRA with a 0.88 mark. I mean, Ford, obviously... Being a great hitter could potentially figure those guys out. But the rest of the team, it's, you know, first couple of bats are probably not going to be able to figure out Ellerton or Bryce Benz. Make those other guys hurt you. You know, you also don't want to back down from a challenge. I mean, I don't think you walk forward the first at bat, you know, see what you can do. But if you get a sense that he's feeling it, I mean, just pitch around him. Make someone else on this Wiggins team do something to you. And really, outside of him, the, the pitching wasn't too strong. And like I kind of said with Fowler, I mean, I think Rise Bats would be able to take advantage of that and kind of go to town a little bit. I mean, they've nearly scored 300 runs, like I said. Really, a matchup with Wiggins, I think, would be favorable for Rye just because outside of four, there isn't as much pitching. And it seems like... Rye's really strong suit. And, you know, I don't even want to say that because Rye is good at both. You know, Rye is just a very well-rounded team. So I'm not trying to discount Wiggins or anything, but 
Rye, I guess you would say, could potentially be an easier matchup with Wiggins. But you never know. Bryce Ford could have a day and just crush some Rye pitching. So that would be the thing to look out for Rye if they got Wiggins. On the flip side, the more favorable matchup, or the more... (laughs) The matchup that's more likely, I should say, would be against Peyton. And really, it just makes sense. Because like I said, kind of scattered out through all this. Rye, first in 2A in run scored, also first in ERA. Peyton, second in 2A in run scored, second in team ERA. So just looking at those two base stats, you know, pitching and hitting, these are the two best teams in 2A. Now, they also did play earlier in the season where Rye... It was in Rye. They were able to get the win 7-4. to four. And they did see Peyton Stud pitcher and Rodney Gregg. And they got five runs off of him in the first two innings. And he, they chased him after three. You know, part of that was kind of a little bit aided by an error on Peyton. So, you know, I don't know if Rye would get that same kind of instant action against Gregg again. But they obviously proven that they can get guys on base early and often against him with scoring those five runs. And really, I would assume that's who Peyton's probably going to try to save for the championship game, and I would assume Rye's going to see him again. And, you know, with a great offensive team, like I said with Fowler, seeing a guy a second time is going to be dangerous for that team that's throwing the guy out there a second time, especially one that Rye kind of already was able to take advantage of a little bit. But really, Peyton, also, you know, they have that great staff as well, but... Looking at it after, they also obviously have a great offense. I mean, Greg has 35 RBIs along with Rupert Shaw, which that's tied for the sixth most, most tied for the sixth most in two A for those two. I mean, it's just it's gonna be big. I mean, watching that game with Peyton Ryan getting that heat, Ryan getting that big lead early was just absolutely instrumental. I mean, Ellerton pitched a great game. Don't get me wrong, and Bryce Benz came in and shut him down, but. Getting on him often, early and often, is just absolutely huge, especially in a championship game where, you know, adrenaline is pumping all throughout. You want to be on top first, and you want to try to stay there. You want to make the other team try to come back and build their own momentum. Obviously, in a championship game, it's going to be a little different. Peyton might not die. Peyton's not going to die. Not saying they died against Rye the first game, but, you know, it was a non-conference game. Didn't mean too much. Peyton's one loss this year is Rye. I'm sure that revenge is just sitting on their mind to try and get this in the championship game and come away with a state title. Rye really entered the tournament, I believe, as the favorites and really just has to stay within themselves, no matter if it's Peyton or Wiggins or anybody. This team can hit like no other, and Ellerton and Bryce Benz are just absolutely lethal on the mound. You know, Ellerton kind of said that he he couldn't find it really against Lyman. He's gonna he's gonna have to find it here. And you know, the big time players step up in the big time moments, and you know, I believe Ellerton could do that. Bryce Benz has already proven that. He shut out Callahan, who's been a great team all year as well. In the same district as Peyton. Kinda of had to battle them. It's, it would be an absolutely fun matchup to see Peyton and Rye again. I mean, that was a great ball game the first time. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're in Pueblo, I highly recommend going down to Runyon and checking this game out because 
it's going to be a blast off all three of these games. Moving on up to 4A now, we got Pueblo West, who is entering the Class 4A state tournament as the number one overall seed. They survived their regional, and for their efforts, they are awarded a matchup with Erie. And looking at Erie, they came out of the regional with Lincoln, who Lincoln had a historic year. I think it was the most wins they've ever had in program history, their first league title in years. You know, not, nothing to discredit Lincoln, but, you know, not a... Normally great program, just had a great year, secured a regional spot, but was the worst of the hosts, and you know Erie got the best of them. And that was in the first game too. Erie was Erie was actually the second lowest. I believe Erie was, yeah, Erie was the lowest in that regional. They do it by with these weird quadrants now. So like Pueblo West was one, and they were technically playing eight seed, but it split. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, Erie survived. Looking at their numbers, 39th in 4A in runs scored with 139, 24th in 4A with a 4.09 ERA. You kind of look at that and you look at their record, which is 15 and 10 overall. I mean, it just kind of looks like Erie had a nice run maybe in the regionals and it's like, oh, Pueblo West should walk this team. But you know, Erie played in a very tough league. They played in a 5A, 4A split league. One of those 5A teams being Windsor, who obviously is great. Pueblo West certainly knows how great Windsor has been having to play him every year in the state playoffs normally. Also in that league is Holy Family, who is also still around. They're one of the A teams still kicking in this thing. You know, having those two teams, if they play, this Erie team is certainly battle-tested and, you know, have seen two of the top teams, one in 5A, one in 4A. You know, Pueblo West won't intimidate them at all. Kind of getting down into it, Erie, that offense, not the best. Uh, I mean, with 139 runs scored, which is almost outside of the top 40. Their most dangerous hitter is Nolan Marthaler. Hope I said that right. Hits 396, 23 RBIs, and he's got three home runs. But, you know, kind of looking at it and... This will kind of bleed over into the next part of Pueblo West. I'll get more into it then. But really, I think what could do Pueblo West, and if I were to try to find any holes in this team, would be potentially pitching. You know, they don't have the power arms that they have in years past. Nate Deniston, Devin Neff, nothing against them. But they, I mean, they have great stuff, great breaking stuff. But, they, you know, they're not really too overpowering. And I feel like if anyone were to try to upset West, they would need to have a good offensive game, put up five or six runs, maybe more. And, you know, with Erie, looking at this offense, I just I don't think that would happen. Pueblo West, every time they steps on the field, is good for five, at least five runs. And in Erie, their best guy on the mound, John Torrin, he's got a 230 ERA and 64 innings pitched, 117 to 22 strike-to-walkout ratio. That's pretty dang good. You know, this West team, they just always find some way to put up five runs, and I think they'll find a way to get to Torrin if he's pitching as well. 
My guess would be Pueblo West survives Erie, and that's what I'm going to stick with for this first round matchup. Gonna have the next round for West. They're gonna get either Golden or Fort Morgan today. If you're listening to this Friday, they're also gonna play on Saturday potentially, depending on wins, losses, all that goodness. With a win, like I kind of predicted, quote unquote, against Erie, they'd get Golden or Fort Morgan. Looking at those two, uh, just kind of a quick thing. I I believe Golden would win that matchup with Fort Morgan. And I don't know how close West is to County, but Pueblo County faced Fort Morgan in the first round of the regionals last week, so could be a little bit learned there. But and I've kind of already looked at Fort Morgan. I'll kind of go quick with them. You know, Fort Morgan's kind of middle of the pack in some of their numbers. 157 runs scored, probably a little more. These are last week's numbers. I'm sorry, I'm lazy. I didn't update from last week. Sue me. But Fort Morgan, 4.05 ERA. They've got... A workhorse pitcher in Jacob Ortega. He's got an ERA around 3.5. I've got a couple guys who are a little lower than that. Uh, one being Mateo Salado. He's got a 2.38 ERA as of last week. And Fort Morgan was able to upset Palisade on their home field to get to this state spot. Beat him 9-6. to six. Probably sounds like a good game based off of that score. But, you know, I don't... <laughs> Once again, I mean, I think you need to have a very strong offense if you want to pull off this upset against Pueblo West. And it doesn't appear that Ford Morgan really has that kind of offensive firepower. I would probably akin them close to Palmer Ridge, who Pueblo West played in the second round of regionals last week. And, you know, that was a close game. It was a good game, but Pueblo West prevailed, and I think the same kind would kind of happen here with Ford Morgan. Looking at what I believe would be the more likely matchup would be Golden. And, you know, I've known Golden for a long time. Obviously, I stated on here that I'm from Wee Ridge, and they were our rivals. But Golden's always been solid, always well coached. And really, Golden is overall a great team as well, both sides of the ball. They got a beast in Ben McLaughlin. He's got a 500 average, 33 RBIs. 36 runs scored, 6 home runs, 15 extra base hits. And he also pitches. He's got an ERA around 2.5. And Golden also has another pitcher, Ethan Lewis, who's around that same number as well. And kind of comparing that to Wee Ridge, who's one of the other teams uh, still around in the Final Eight, they split their season series with them. Wee Ridge got the win at home. Golden won at home, 1-0 on a walk-off home run. They're 3.99 ERA as a team, ranks 22nd. They've scored 173 runs as a team, which ranks 24th. And, you know, I've been harping already that, you know, you need to have a good offensive team to upset West, but Golden, to get to this spot, took out regional host Skyview 16-1. to I believe they won their first game like 12-1, to something like that. Golden hasn't been all year in offensive firepower, but it seems recently they've been, at least in these past two games, have 
found something. You know, that's dangerous, especially getting to the second game as well because, you know, it's a tough strategy to kind of do you want to throw your best guy in that first round? Do you want to try to save him? With double elimination, it's a little nicer. It's not like regionals where you lose, you're done, but definitely an interesting strategy for Dan Sanchez to try to come up with. Really, it's just going to be kind of for the pitchers trying to get around Ben McLaughlin, like kind of how I was saying with Rye earlier. You know, if he's starting to kill you a little bit, try to pitch around him. Make someone else on Golden try to hurt you. You know, those are solid ERAs for Golden, but, you know, with how great Pablo West's offense has been and the speed they possess that's able to pressure everybody, I don't, I don't think that would be able to stop West from scoring their normal five runs a game plus their five plus runs a game. I think it would be an excellent matchup because I think Golden does possess the ability to stay in it offensively with West. But overall, I mean, I, you know, West is the number one team for a reason, and I do expect them to get these first two games. And just kind of looking at the field overall for West, I've harped on it piece by piece here a little bit, but no matter who West is going to play, I think it's going to come down to the opposing team trying to put runs on them. Because I've said it plenty of times on here that that top of lineup for West is just dangerous with the speed and Kyle Jamison, Tyler Declusion, Jane Cordova, Blackford, very consistent. Chandler Mason can hit dingers. All of them are great. One through nine, they're all great hitters. But they played Cheyenne Mountain a weekend ago. Not last weekend, two weekends ago, I'm sorry. And it was a good game. I think the final was something around 6-3. But, you know, West threw Deniston that game. So now Cheyenne Mountain kind of has that. You know, they were able to see him. I'm a big believer in seeing guys. I mean, I it's tough first time seeing people. But once you kind of see how their ball breaks, what kind of speed they're at, it's a, I, it's a little easier. There's a reason it's hard to get through complete games. Cheyenne Mountain surpassed West with the regionals last week in runs scored. I mean, I... Just looking at it, I think that will be the biggest team that poses a threat to West because they can and have shown the ability to be able to score a lot of runs. Now, Pueblo West obviously has that same ability. So really, the biggest thing for any team to take down West, I think, would be trying to get into a slugfest. But Nate Denniston has been great. Devin Neff has been great. And, you know, this with, a, with any kind of win, West is going to have to play three games this week or this weekend, over two days. So they're going to have to find a way to get in some of these other pitchers that they got in Tyler Barth or or Dalton Davis. I mean, both have great, have solid ERAs. You know, they just haven't pitched as many innings, but they've also been great. So Wes is going to have to find a way to work those two guys in because, I mean, they Denston and Neff can't pitch all three of these games. You know, they did... Sanchez was able to get those guys kind of more reps towards the beginning of the year, kind of in those Arizona games and some of those non-conference games. So really, those two, I think, are going to be big, very big keys for West because they're going to have to produce some solid innings outside of Deniston and Neff. Because these these teams are going to be looking for blood offensively, obviously. I mean, West comes in as the favorite. They're going to get everybody's best. Even if they weren't the favorite, this is state time. Everyone's going to get their best. 
So it's going to be crucial, crucial for for Barth and Davis to produce some very good innings. And you know, I think they're capable. I mean, this West has come up so close. I mean, I haven't been here for it, obviously. It was my first year working here, but I know West has come up, I think, three times runner-ups. Twice, I think, to Valor, who is gone. I mean, this is the time. This is it for West. I mean, they're going to go up to 5A, which is a whole new level in a couple of seasons. This is the pristine opportunity to go out there and get the state title. And, you know, this deep group of seniors that they have, I'm sure, would love to leave that legacy. So... West, it all begins this weekend, and, you know, there's no time for the bats to sleep now, and I don't believe they will. That's it for this week's podcast. I mean, you know, only two teams left, so probably went a little in-depth more than I'm used to, but hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed all year listening to this podcast and hopefully i've been able to i don't know instill some uh, insightful knowledge onto all of you all of you pueblo prep fans it's gonna be a fun weekend uh you know i really do believe rye comes in kind of the favorites and pueblo west obviously too pueblo west it's, it doesn't end this weekend if they keep winning they'll play again next weekend for the actual state titles But sure enough, if you're in the Springs area, go watch. If you're down here, go to Springs and watch. If you don't want to travel, go to Rat. It's all great options. It's all going to be great baseball. I'm very excited to hopefully be able to witness all of it. Once again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, you can reach my email at awhite at chieftain.com. You can come yell at me on Twitter. My handle is at AJWRules44. Looking forward to another great weekend of baseball. Catch you guys next week.